Good morning. It's good to see you. I'm glad that you are here. Welcome uh, to the porch, and um, I'm glad that you're part of this day. Um, so there is something about light this time of year, isn't there? There's something about light, maybe because it gets darker a little bit earlier, you know, so there's something about light or... Um, I don't know, I, I like to have the lights on the tree, but the rest of the lights on in the house kind of low, you know, or on the mantle, the lights there, and um, there's just, there's something, and if, and if it's cold enough, which is like two days of the year <laughs> um, here, um, maybe we have a fire going, you know, I mean, that one of my favorite, favorite moments is uh, lights on the mantle, lights on the tree, lights, all the other lights down, and a fire in the fireplace, that's just, there's just something about lights. Um, we're drawn. We're drawn to light, and um, there's something about lights around this Christmas, uh, this kind of season. We what do we do? We we pile into cars and we go and we see light displays, um, whether they're really simple or elaborate. Um, we go and listen, and maybe it's synced to the radio, so you get the the good sounds and everything like that. So so light. Light, and because of this, I've titled um, our Christmas series this year Christmas lights. And so I want to I want to talk with you today about light in the darkness, about light in the darkness as we start this um this series. So light is a central theme in Advent. Advent is the season we're in even though we say Merry Christmas, uh we're really in the season of Advent. We're in the season Advent is a Latin word Adventus, it means arriving or coming. Um, and so it is the time when, as the church, we say we are looking forward to the birth of Christ. But not only that, but we're also talking about we're looking forward to the arrival, the coming of Jesus a second time as he comes back for the church. And so that's what Advent is about. It's that anticipation, that expectation of, of Jesus coming and being a part of our world. And as you heard uh, Chuck and Sheila share this morning in the Advent reading, um, there's hope. There's hope. There is this expectation. There's a, a strong expectation, actually, when you think about Advent and what it means that God will keep his promise, and his promise is the Messiah. His promise is the one who comes to save. And so that is the hope that we express in, in Advent. Jesus is, is that promise kept. He is, he is a light in the darkness. Jesus is a light in the darkness. And, let's, and here's why I want to talk about darkness today. Um, I want us to make sure that we, um, that we make no mistake <laughs> um, that we need light. We need, we need light. Because the backdrop, actually, of the Christmas story the backdrop that, that we know about, it was one of darkness. The backdrop was darkness. The backdrop of the birth of Jesus, here's what was going on. Mass genocide. Okay? Mass genocide. Starvation was going on at the time of Jesus. There was the worship of false gods. There was this, this, this pagan mentality. 
And, and that, that set the stage for this deep, deep darkness across the land, the land that Jesus was born in, the world in which he was born. Now, interestingly, I found this, I found this interesting. You might just confirm that I'm a nerd, but um, Advent was actually celebrated differently than how we celebrate it. You know, we celebrate it with a candle and lights and readings, and, and we, talk about, we talk about these themes like hope, and joy, and peace, and love as themes for Advent, but in the medieval church, okay, the medieval church, so um, somewhere around like 475 AD, so 475 years after the birth of Christ, for about a thousand years, into like 1450, that's the medieval times, also called the Dark Ages, Um, so it was when Rome was losing its influence in Europe, and, and at that time, however Europe went, so went the rest of the world, So it was just this dark time. So they called it the Dark Ages. In the medieval church, what they did for Advent was they they actually focused not on light and hope and joy and love and peace. They focused those weeks leading up to Christmas Eve on darkness. They focused on darkness. Here were the themes that the medieval church went through the four weeks leading up to Christmas Eve. All right, so get ready for this one. Merry Christmas. The first week was death. Okay, so there you go. Um, Second week, judgment. Happy holidays. So there you go. Death, judgment. Third week, okay, it was on heaven. Okay, that's good. That's a good one. But then the fourth week, leading up to Christmas Eve in the medieval church for Advent, this was purposeful. They did this on purpose. They wanted this to be the final theme looked at as the church, as Christians, before Christmas Eve came was hell. (laughs) It was on purpose. They wanted this. They wanted to wade into the darkness before the light. They wanted people to be reminded of what it is like without the Messiah, without hope, without joy, without peace, without love. In the book of Lamentations, um, chapter 3, and Lamentations, it's, it's, it's a listing of lament. A lament is um, expressing grief or sorrow, this immense grief and sorrow. So the, the prophet Jeremiah writes this in Lamentations 3. He says, the memory of my suffering and homelessness is bitterness and poison. Now, some of us can understand that, that there are, there are memories that we have, there are recollections that come up in our mind, and they bring up a sense of bitterness, a feeling of bitterness. It can almost be like, it can be like poison to us. It changes how we view a moment or a person or the day or a situation because that has flooded in, and we, we get this. I mean, I think we can relate to Jeremiah. He says, the memory of my suffering and homelessness is bitterness and poison. I can't help but remember that and be depressed. I can't help but remember that and I am depressed, is what Jeremiah says. Darkness. Some of you relate to this on a, on a deep level. You understand this, the memory of your suffering and bitterness. Some of you have faced um, real crisis this year in 2022. Some of y'all have, have walked through this. You've, you've dealt with, as Jeremiah said, suffering. Maybe uh, it was 
a divorce or uh, your family split up or the death of a loved one or um, a job loss, uh, you know, may, maybe you've faced illness or someone that you love has faced a serious illness and you, you understand this, this word suffering that Jeremiah talks about. Darkness. Darkness. So like the medieval church, we, we understand, like the, they, the f- focus was, why do we need light? Oh, because there's darkness all around us. The um, American Psychological Association uh, says that um, over, no, one in five adults, one in five adults, so 20%, say that their mental health is worse now than it was a year ago darkness. That's understanding what Jeremiah writes in his lament, in his grief and sorrow. We get that. Um, Just over half, 51% say that their families have experienced a mental health crisis in 2022. And I don't know how much you guys know about mental health, but I'm telling you that stat is not high enough because people don't talk about it. People don't talk about their mental health. People don't, don't talk about how, how they're depressed and how they're, they're broken down. But that is a darkness. And so Jeremiah's lament is real. It was real when he wrote it, and, it, and it's real right now, that there's a darkness that, that we live in. And so words like anxious and, and bitter and... Um, overwhelmed, maybe that's a word that, that you use, or, or you know, stressed out, or frustrated, or um, you know, these, are, these are good descriptors for many people right now. Feelings of being ashamed, uh, uh, distracted, disappointed, uh, depressed, angry, all of these are very, very real things, and, and they all, if, when you get down to it, have this shroud around it of, of darkness. All of this darkness. Maybe you can relate to what David wrote in Psalm 88 when he said that you have taken away, talking to God, you have taken away my companions and my loved ones and darkness is my closest friend. Simon and Garfunkel sang about that. Hello darkness, my old friend. All this darkness should draw us to the light. I'm going to share with you several verses here. I hope you'll write them down and look at them later. Before we get into our main text, um, which we'll be looking at in Isaiah chapter 9 in a bit. But here's a couple of verses I want to share with you about us being drawn to the light. In 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 29, God's word says, Lord, you are my lamp. Lord, you are my lamp. The Lord lights up my darkness. Okay, so if you're going, oh, Jeremiah, why are you reading my journal? Why, why did you write that? Because that's mine. That, that's mine. The memory and the, the, all this is hurt and, and pain and suffering. And Well, the good news to that is that, Lord, the Lord, you're my lamp. And you, you light up my darkness. Maybe you're going through a darkness of disappointment or that, 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 that depression, that distress, that even doubt. 
the good news is that because of Jesus, there is a light that, that lights up the darkness. 1 John chapter 2, verse 8, the last part of verse 8, it says, For the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. Talking about Jesus. The light of the, the birth of Christ in the scriptures, it lit up the backdrop of darkness, of despair. Because that was the backdrop. And it just lit it up. In 1 John, and staying in 1 John uh, chapter 1, verse 5, pretty well-known passage, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. In him there is no darkness. In the world, yes. In us, yes. In God, no. God is light. In him there's no darkness at all. The very first command that God gave in all of creation in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, God said, let there be light. And Jesus said in, in John chapter 12, verse 46, he says, I have come as a light. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Okay, so I've hit you with several verses there. Let's, let's focus in on this specific passage uh, for us to contemplate uh, in Isaiah chapter 9. Here's, um, Isaiah was a prophet. Isaiah was a prophet in Israel about 700 years before the time of Jesus. So 700 years before Jesus. And he wrote, the, the prophet Isaiah, he wrote these incredibly clear and detailed messianic prophecies. Okay, he wrote these prophecies about the coming Messiah, prophecies from God about Jesus, the Adventus, the coming one. And this is what he says in uh, chapter 9. I want to read verses 2 through 7. Some of it is like super Christmas verbiage for you. Verse 2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge, talking about God, God, you will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. And, he, and then he gives an example of what kind of rejoicing this is. They'll rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest because people rejoice at harvest because you got, you got food. You worked hard for this. It was a party. So people re rejoice like that. And it goes on to say, it'll be like warriors dividing the plunder because you always want your team to win and victory and, and there's the party. So it was an explanation of how the people will rejoice. Verse four, for you will break the yoke of their slavery and you will lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. Friends, that's darkness. That's darkness. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. They knew who that was. The boots of the warrior 
and the uniforms bloodstained by war, they will all be burned because they won't be necessary anymore. The victory's been won, right? This is the celebration. There'll be fuel for the fire. Verse 6, very Christmassy, here you go. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And beginning of verse 7 says, And his government and its peace will never end. See, that's, that is a light shining on the backdrop of darkness. This is a light shining on the backdrop of darkness. Isaiah starts this prophecy. He says there in, in verse 2, he says, the people who walk in what? People who walk in what? Darkness. And then he says, those who live in the land of deep darkness, right? Darkness. Where did the darkness come from? Why did, why did God allow the darkness? Oh my goodness, we could go down that road, couldn't we? See, the, the world that you and I live in, the world in which Jesus came onto the scene in, was plunged into darkness actually at the very beginning, at the fall of humanity, all the way back there. Adam and Eve sinned against God, they rebelled against him, and the door was open now for sin to come flooding into the world. We read that all the way back in Genesis. And so by the time you get to Isaiah chapter 9, when you read this prophecy, there's been over 3,000 years of darkness. 3,000 years of suffering. 3,000 years of, God, we, we know you're there. Or some people said that. Some people didn't. But it's really difficult. I don't understand why are, why are all these bad things happening? Why are these bad things happening to good people? Suffering. Hello, darkness, my old friend. 3,000 years this is going on, spiritual darkness in the world. This 3,000 years of sin and sorrow and sadness dominating humanity. This is, this is what is going on. People stumbling around in darkness. I know a lot of us in here I know a lot of us in here have jacked up toes because we've stumbled around in the darkness. And we've done that physically, but we've done that spiritually. And this is most certainly going on here in this prophecy, and it's the backdrop from which Jesus shows up. There's a lot of jacked up toes. People stumbling around in the darkness. So by the time you get to the birth of Jesus, you're looking at about 4,000 years since the beginning of it all, of darkness coming into the, the picture. And during that time, see, here's the thing, is that God did send prophets, and he did give his word, he did give his law, he did reveal himself, he did this. He, he did this over and over again. There was a period of time of silence from him because the people were just in darkness. But he revealed himself. And God had done all these things and he'd, he'd like given these little glimmers 
of, of hope, little glimmers of light onto this scene of darkness, this backdrop of darkness. But the darkness of sin remained. So from Isaiah's time all the way to the birth of Jesus, Israel itself was in darkness. And one of the ways you saw that play out was that they were just, you heard it in the reading this morning, they were occupied. They were, people ruled over them all the time. The consequence for their sin, they could have walked in the light. God showed them what the light was like, but they continually chose not to. And so one of the consequences was that they had oppressors. They had a rod coming on their back, right? They had this repeatedly going on. And so um, you have first the Assyrians ruled over them, and then the Babylonians, and then the Persians, and, and, and the Greeks. And, and when Jesus comes on the scene, the Roman Empire is ruling it all, and they were oppressive pagan rulers, and even in Israel itself, they had a king, and his name was Herod, but he was a brutal man. Brutal. Just wipe out all the baby boys, because I don't want a king to come in and topple my throne. And so the darkness, even though it would make for a really good, uh, I don't know, children's story, is that Jesus was born and then everything was lit up and everybody was just, you know, the light of Jesus was now there and, and, and everything was perfect, but that's not the case. Darkness didn't suddenly end with Jesus. It didn't cease to exist. The reality is, is there is a darkness that continues even today, all the way to where we are. The darkness and it doesn't just surround us. It's not like an historical backdrop thing. It's like an in us kind of a deal, this darkness. We're hard-hearted. We're rebellious. We're unthankful. We're unkind. We're unloving. I could go on and on. We're in darkness. And so when the prophet Isaiah writes, the people who walk in darkness, when he says, those who live in the land of deep darkness, he could, is just as much referring to you and to me today. And I want you to hear this, because we're, we're making our way to the birth of Jesus. Okay? Today is about darkness. When you walk in darkness, there is always a consequence. If you walk in darkness, there's always a consequence. And if you read through the book of Isaiah, you'll see. Because God calls out people who have turned away from him. He calls them out. He warns them of the consequences and he calls them to repent. He calls them, he says, you, you have rebelled against me. Repent of this. And yet they find themselves, because they choose to do so, walking in darkness over and over. And so they're oppressed by enemies and by the land, and, and, and by the, the, the crops, and everything. Governments, everything. They are oppressed people. But then comes this promise of hope. This promise that he will send a light. Here's what, I want to read verse 2 again. It says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And this promise 
was true in the prophecy of Isaiah. It was true when Jesus was born on Christmas morn. And it's true right now. Right? It was true 700 years when it was prophesied before Jesus. It was true then. It was true during the dark ages of the church. And this great light shines. And it shines today. And you know who it shines on? It shines on the at least 51% of families who are dealing with a mental health struggle and crisis right now. And this great light of Christ wants to shine in on the at least one in five adults who are more depressed than they were last year. Darkness. Light comes into that. See, the, the light of Christ, the light in the darkness, it, it, it's Jesus, and he wants to pierce through things like the, the, the self-importance or the self-loathing or our distress or our depression, our, dis, our disappointment, our, our addiction, all those things. The light of Christ, wants, he pierces through those things. I mean, Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. There is darkness. I am the light. And then he says this, if you follow me, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. I mean, some of us are going, can I just have a light that will just get me to tomorrow? But he's like, no, no, my light, it leads to life, life eternal, life of hope, life of promise. You don't have to remain in darkness. Now, here's the nitty-gritty of it all. And Friends, you can choose light or darkness. You get to choose just because Jesus showed up and is the light of the world doesn't mean that the light of Jesus Christ is shining in your life. Friends, you choose this. This is your option. This is, this is for you to choose. This is what I love about our God. And it, it, gets, it gets all tangled up. But I love that he gave us the free will to choose him. Because in our choosing him, and so we're not forced to do it, and he was not playing chess with our lives, and you know, before the beginning of time, he wasn't like, yeah, I like you, you're in, you not so much. Like He didn't do that. He gave us free will to choose him. And we get to choose darkness or light. Was it uh, Shakespeare <laughs> talked about the, the, the winter of discontent, right? The dark night of our soul. You can stay in that place or you can choose the light. Jesus said, if you follow me, you don't have to walk in darkness. If you follow me. And sadly, many people can't. I say can't. Many people won't let go of the darkness in their life. They won't let go of it. 
They won't let go of darkness in their lives in, 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 to, in, in order to embrace the light, to receive the promise, to receive those words of hope and joy and peace and love that we talk about in our Advent candle. But you've got you've to embrace the light in order for that to happen. You see, there is an abundant, eternal life offered through the light, Jesus Christ. In John chapter 3, talking about those who can't or won't let go of the darkness. Verse 19, and the judgment is based on this fact, God's light came into the world, but people loved darkness more than the light. Why? Why? If you're ever really bored, go read some crime reports sometime. Find out when most crimes happen. It's not in broad daylight. It's in the darkness. Think back when, uh, back in the day, when you were trying to extend your curfew because it was dark outside. You wanted to stay out a little bit longer. Why we don't do this? Here's what God's word says. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. That's the backdrop. And all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed like cockroaches. But those who do what is right come to the light. So others can see that they are doing what God wants. See, those who are drawn to the light um, are drawn to this. Uh, to we want to receive. We want the promise. We want. We want to have the the healing and the fulfillment and the restoration of the great love of God, and that's offered through Jesus Christ. And it's an ongoing spiritual work. It's an ongoing spiritual work. Because I'm, I'm certain that some of you are going, I, I've embraced the light. I've said yes to Jesus, but there's some darkness. There's some darkness in my life. There's some darkness in this world that I live in. And, and that's this ongoing spiritual work, this work for you to do as well as for me, is to go, okay, how, of, of all this darkness, how much of it is me turning the switch off? <laughs> What's my responsibility in the darkness that I'm struggling with in my life? Or what is of it is just the darkness of the world we live in? And so I'm just going to cling to the light. Because I can't, I can't change the darkness of the world, but I can cling to the light of the world. I can cling to the light of the world. So you can choose, friends, as we talk about light and the darkness, you can choose darkness or light. It's, it's your choice. And Jesus said, I have come to light up the darkness. I've come to light up the darkness in your life. 
And so I, I want to say this as, as we kind of wrap, wrap up this time this morning and talking about darkness. I would be um, remiss to make any assumptions when a group of people get together in a room. So I'll say this. If you need the light, if you need the light, the first step for some of you, the first step for some of you is, is you need to receive the, the God's gift of light. You need to receive his son, Jesus Christ. You need to receive that light and say, Jesus, I accept the gift of you. I, I, I accept that, you have, that you've died for my sins, that you came on to this world, into this world, so that I might be forgiven, that you would be the sacrifice. I, I understand that. You've given your life for the darkness of the sins of my life. And so if you've not done that, there is no better time than this season. Now, others of you, as I mentioned, you might have already made that decision in the past, right? And you've, but maybe, maybe you've, you, you've drifted away from that. Maybe your heart has grown dark, dim, cold to the things of God. Cling to the light. I mean, do you, do you, this is my prayer this morning, is God, by your Holy Spirit, that the light of Jesus Christ would pierce the hearts of your people. That was my prayer. Do you, do you sense that? Is there a darkness? Is there an apathy? Is there a, a sense of, eh, whatever? You cling to the light. Many of you have been going through darkness. Some of it by your own choosing. But some of it, you're like, you're holding on for dear life, and yet you feel the darkness. Listen, I just, I say to that, you don't have to go that alone. You're not alone in that. The good news is that the darkness that is in our lives, it diminishes with the light of Christ. It diminishes when the light of Christ continually shines in us. When Jesus is the Lord of our life, he is light in the darkness. And sometimes we are in the midst of darkness and it's, uh, it's just enough to go, he's the light, I've got the light. Now, I, I want to say this real quick. Does it mean that because Jesus is on the scene that there is no more darkness? No, there will be dark times. So don't try and have that like giant theological debate in your mind of going, well, I've accepted the light. Why is there darkness? No, there, there will be dark times, but Jesus is the light in that darkness. So as the band makes their way back out, I want to I want to say this and I mean this and this is not like a, a you know I don't know I don't know what I mean but I'm going to say <laughs> if you need to pray today friends if you need to come to the kneelers and pray if you need to come and leave your bitterness and the the heartache and the that sorrow and just that darkness 
and, and you need to come, and, and, and by, by coming and kneeling, you are, in effect, clinging to the light. Would you do that? Would you, would you come and do that? If that, that, will, if that will be a, a step, sometimes, I've, I've said this for years, but sometimes a movement in our physical body, it's like a movement in our spiritual life. Like sometimes getting up out of our chair and moving is a way of us saying, yes, God, yes. So if you need prayer, come to those kneelers. Come and leave that, that darkness. Take up the light of Christ. Don't leave here this morning carrying a burden you don't have to carry. Don't. Go into this season of Advent light. Embracing the light. Leave it with Jesus. Let others come and pray with you and for you. And I know, I know there are faithful, prayerful people here who will come alongside and pray with you if you need it. You come and kneel, someone will come and pray with you. Now, for those of you who desire to lean into the light this Advent season, I've put together an, an Advent reading plan, and they're out on the Next Steps wall, and it's just a, a reading every day from today until Christmas Eve. And so I hope that you will grab this, um, that you will lean in to the light this season. Be intentional. Friends, Jesus has come <laughs> to be our light. He is the light in the darkness. Would you pray with me? Lord, for those who feel that nudge right now to come and pray, God, would you, would you remove any barriers or sense of shame or embarrassment or whatever and that they would just get up and go, that they would just go and kneel before you, embracing the light that you bring. And Lord, would, I thank you that you are the light in our darkness. And God, I pray that your light would flood through those places that have kept us in a, in a sense of darkness in our lives, in our mind, in our heart, in our circumstances, that your light would flood through, pierce through into those places. God, would you help us in our unbelief, even in this moment, that we don't believe that you can light up our darkness. God, you have come to set us free through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And it's in his name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen.